Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalp would be thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. You know, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo or personality. Eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are back with another special episode. Uh, we got some new cards that we're going to check out today. So we got myself, Pete, with my buddy, Chris. And coming out of retirement, hitting the John Cena music, we have John the Mountain Man Stokes back with us. Yeah. Oh, this guy again. You know what? I listened to like one episode and I realized you guys are missing a lot of drinking on this podcast, so... <laughs> nice. Bring it back. Yeah, we, uh, we converted John to the good word of uh, God tier. I mean, I'm really bored right now. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, we're just we're gonna go ahead and have an episode. We actually just got the cards for Kira, who she is the mother of dragons. You can paint her up like Danny if you want. Oh, silver hair. <laughs> I'm actually going back and watching Game of Thrones, so I'm just like, oh, cool. This like lines up with Kira perfectly. Right. <laughs> so yeah, we got the cards. We're gonna check them out, and something else that I do want to plug real quick before we get into the cards because this will probably be a shorter episode because we're just going to talk about Kira, what what's on the cards, and then we'll go into kind of our initial impressions and, and master of the hot takes will tell us what it's all about. <laughs> I've looked at these cards. I will have, you know, this time. So no hot takes, just yeah, just bona fide Chris thoughts. Yeah. Just well thought out, you know, whoa, takes, whoa. Obviously, <laughs> obviously. I listened to one episode. Nothing changed that much. <laughs> uh, so before we get into just some conversations here, I did want to mention that uh, make sure that if you want to do the online God Tier League Hex and Boon that James Doxy's putting on, registration for that is uh, done Friday. So basically when this podcast comes out, uh, this will be the last day that you guys can sign up for it. So if you want to do that, you can. One thing I will mention about the online, there's Tabletopia and there's also a tabletop simulator for God Tier. If you're asking me gun to my head which one's better, I'm definitely going to say probably Tabletop Simulator because it's a lot less glitchy because John and I tried to play a game and I couldn't find my dice for a little bit <laughs> on Tabletopia. <laughs> that was funny. Wait, isn't Tabletopia the one that looks like it actually has the models though? Yeah. So the graphics are better, but the Tabletop Simulator kind of has these banners with the pictures on them. So it's not as detailed. But I will say all the champions are on Tabletop Simulator. So that is definitely a benefit because you can play any of the champions you want as opposed to just the 10 or whatever that you can have on uh, Tabletopia. You didn't even tell me about this. What the hell? Well, I just I actually just found out about it probably two days ago. I did my last game in the other online tournament. And uh, the guy's like, do you just want to do this on Tabletop Simulator? I'm like, is it better where I can see dice? He's like, yes. I was like, okay, <laughs> we got it. So, and Rodri smashed it out of the park, as always, went two and two in the tournament with Rodri, my boy. (laughs) 50%. 
You know what they say, 50% uh, of the time, Rodri works every time. Embarrassing. Congratulations. <laughs> so, yeah, let's just go ahead and we'll get into kind of our topic. So we got this card, Kira, and she's a Slayer. So we have yet another Slayer to kind of fill out the class. So what we'll do is let's just kind of talk about Kira. Uh, let's talk about her and then we'll get into the dragons and then we'll do the ultimate after that. So Chris, kind of just talk us through, obviously she wants to kill, but how is Kira kind of setting it up with her card in the plot phase and the clash phase? Man, I didn't know you were going to ask me all these like technical questions. <laughs> okay. That's not the part that I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Fine. Jo Chris passes. John, do you want to say how Kira kind of sets things up? Um, she tells the dragons to go fly at things and bite them. Yeah, so if you look at if you look at her card, since apparently I'm the one that reads the fucking card. Yeah. Uh, so she's she's a pretty she's got more dodge than armor, so she is actually kind of a little squishy. She's only got a three dodge and two armor. She has six hitboxes, so I mean that is what it is. But uh, she can make an advance uh, action or a recruit action for her dragons, which is cool during the plot phase. So that kind of saves them some actions that they might have to waste if they have to come back in or if they need to move. So anytime you can move stuff around when it's not its activation, that's good. I like that one a lot with Royal Summons. Uh, Regal Blessing is also pretty cool because then she can give accuracy to the dragons. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about the hexes, the, the Blights and Boons here in a second, probably towards the end of the show, actually, because it's something that I've definitely kind of been messing with since we last talked. So then you go to Kira's flip side on the Clash and how she does her damage. So once again, on her flip side, she can move her dragons out of activation. So And there's no range to that, which I think is actually pretty powerful because you can almost go send the dragons across, have them do their thing, and then she can just either recruit them or or move them. So that's, that's really cool in my opinion. And then... Her damage that she's going to be doing, she does Vicious Bite, which if it's a champion, it automatically does a wound. So kind of what Chris, you and I were talking about, having Slayers that do stuff specifically to champions, that's cool. And it's a four accuracy, uh, seven damage dice, so it's a ton of damage dice, which is awesome to see. And then Rain of Fire, when you hit, it does an Armor Blight, but then it does seven accuracy and four damage. So I like her damage side because she can do either a lot of damage to something that has a lot of armor or she can do a lot of accuracy dice to hit something that has a lot of dodge. So she's very flexible in the targets that you can kind of attack with her. So let's kind of just look at looking at her cards. What do you guys think when you see her card? Um, I love that she's going to stand back kind of out of the way because she's, I mean, she's not squishy, but she's going to send the dragons out, let you kill them. I mean, you're going to, you're going to, they're hard to kill, but She's going to stand back and do damage kind of, she's almost a ranged model in that way. Yeah, because if you look at, I wish you, I wish her attacks could be targeted through the dragons. Because if you look, her attacks, she has to be up to one hex away. So if she wants to do damage, she has to kind of get up in there. But I feel like she would be better if, if it was like a range attack of like two or three. Or if she could just do it through a dragon. So Wait, she can't I, I thought even, that would have been better. She, she is doing it through a dragon, bro. What are you talking about? Read the cards. Read the cards, Pete. No, no, that's not what it is. We haven't gotten to that part of the card yet. So that we're just looking at this one card. Oh, and according to this one card. What a dork. She can't do that. 
<laughs> so what you guys are saying then, if we look at her actual card, right? The middle one, the one that has her ultimate on it. So what you guys are saying, she has by my command, right? Mm -hmm. So the range of Kira's skills must be determined from a young dragon within three hexes of her. So that's kind of where the synergy starts to come in because now you can be like, I'm going to do her attack through this dragon and then this attack through the other dragon. So it gives a lot of different playability, right? Well, you, yeah. you, you guys, she could choose to do them from the same dragon. You can, but I'm saying that the fact that, and that's also a good point, Chris, because even if you lose one dragon, you can just do all your attacks through the other dragon. You don't even need to recruit that other dragon necessarily. Yeah, she's... Right. Uh, well, and the uh, the fact that she's able to advance or recruit the dragons in either phase of the game makes that pretty productive. Yeah, like her her the synergy of her cards is pretty efficient. Yeah, and I also like her ultimate because it's it's a combination of like Lorisans and Rangoshes where. Each enemy champion within two hexes of one or more dragons takes one wound. So, I mean, essentially, you can do one wound to all three champions, and then just boom, there it is. Yeah, that seems she's, good. Yeah, she she's definitely a good finisher as far as like killing stuff. I, I actually like her cards a lot as far as she goes. But then we also have the little dragons we got to talk about. So, on the dragons' plot side, they can get themselves the damage buff, which is awesome. So that means that they're going to be throwing one extra die there. And keep in mind, on her card, she also can give them accuracy. So in just that one champion, you have access to the accuracy and the damage boon, which is huge. So they also can do roar, so they can reduce the uh, dodge of an enemy model within three. The cool thing I like about them is that they can actually go out over other models. So they're movement three. And yeah, they can just fly over stuff, which is always awesome because we all know how muddied up the hexes can get well let's let's clarify that they can they can't just fly over stuff they can fly over other yeah, models yeah so they can't fly over the objective hexes which i'm sure people are going to yeah, fuck which, up all the time when they start playing with it this model yeah because we were talking we're like man that really sucks because we thought it would be a lot it'd be a lot more powerful definitely if she could go over the objective hexes with the dragons, which would make sense to to most people. Yeah, they're not really flying; they're kind of hopping. Yeah, they are <laughs> they're young dragons. They're, they're, not, they're not big ones. Yeah. The uh, one negative I will say, just by looking at the card, is they're only dodge two and armor two. Uh, they have five hitboxes, which is decent. No, uh, no, 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 no. That's way more than decent. That's as many hitboxes as some champions and their followers. Yeah, I get it, but. Two and two is pretty easy to get by. They can still get smoked by one attack. I yeah. think that's and unlikely. And you're getting an extra point from for killing them. So I, mm. I don't think it's unlikely at all that you're going to kill kill these dragons with one swing and with a lot of attacks. I think you. Oh, yeah. I think that with the proper maelstrom model, you might be able to kill a dragon with one attack. I don't think it's likely that you're killing both of them, especially given... No, no, not both. I wouldn't say both of them, no. Especially given They're where they're going to be placed, because they're going to be spread out. So, yeah. yeah, I I, I don't like that they've pushed these dragons into the health boxes that champions have. So, thank yeah. goodness. I, I'm guessing these are larger base models, and that you get the, the two, the two points. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I do like that element. I do like the more powerful 
followers like Landslide and like the Dragons being able to generate some more points in theory, but I don't like the fact that their hitboxes are so high. Yeah, and then when we flip over to their Clash side, their attacks don't look super appealing when you first look at them, uh, but once again, we have Bite, which if you hit with it, you're doing one wound to a champion, if it's a champion. Uh, it's a 3-5 attack, so essentially it doesn't look like much, but remember, you can give them the accuracy and the damage buff. So essentially that could turn into a 4-6. Same thing with Fiery Breath, where it negates the armor. It's a 5-3, but that could easily be a 6-4. So it, it's it's just good synergy between the champion and the followers. So I, I really dig these models a lot and what they're doing on the board. Well, and not just the champion and follower. It's also the way all of the individual abilities combine, right? Like the yeah. fact that the fact that there's they're just very fluid. I, I, I like this model. Um, and like you said, I mean, it's nice that they've, you know, brought... They've rounded out the Slayer class with now four Slayers. That's a beautiful thing. Morgan yeah, doesn't right. count. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But so, John, what are when you're looking at all the other slayers? I know you're just getting into the game, but does this kind of push uh, her up towards the top for you? Because I know you're a big Game of Thrones homer. I mean, I don't know if how good the other ones are because I haven't played all of them. But I'm going to play this one as soon as I get it. <laughs> this is going to be my Slayer just because I love I love the models and I love the playstyle. I literally sent a message to our local game store. I'm like, you're going to need like six of these. I'm like, and you'll have no problem getting rid of them just because everybody's going to want to have this model because one, it looks cool. Two, most of the people in our game group are also Game of Thrones fans. And then three, it's just, it seems like it's going to be fun to play on the board. And the models look cool. The models that they've shown, um, the packaging for, uh, and the box that they've shown online, they're really cool sculpts. Oh, best banner in the game. Who, you? No, the best banner right there. I love that little dragon coming out of the egg. Oh, I thought you said best painter in the game. Oh, no. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that banner is cool. It's like a little egg, and then there's a little baby dragon coming out of it. So you do have three dragons. You can paint them all like the three dragons in Game of Thrones. Oh, man, yeah. I love these models. They're, the models are amazing. Kira's, I mean, Kira's cool. Actually, there's four dragons because she's holding a dragon. Okay, so she has one more. She has one up on Danny then. Yeah, got a spare. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, where are you kind of ranking her as far as your your idea of where the Slayers go? Where, like, when you look at which Slayers you're going to take kind of in order, where does she fall in line? Uh, probably one or two. Okay, so do you think she's good enough where she might challenge that Rangosh spot in your mind? Yeah, yeah. Just okay. just because she's got she's got so much range that she can use with them the fact that the the followers the dragons have those hitboxes there it's it's going to be formidable and they're going to be very nimble and so yeah i i really like this i really like this model we'll, we'll see once i'm able to play with her a little bit more but definitely a possibility the, qu the question is whether or not she can actually be far enough away from the action to be safe and i don't know if she can because if she is if she has to be three hexes away, that means that if a model, a Slayer model is engaged with the dragons, for instance, they will typically only have to move two hexes to get to her. So yeah. I don't feel like she's as far away as people think when they're reading the card. 
And so we'll, we'll, we'll find out. I mean, for her to get away, she's going to have to use activations in a way that she's not going to want to use them. She'll want to use them more productively in synergy with the dragons. But right. we'll see. I see. I see you kind of putting one of your tank models in, in front of her, though, and making somebody go through them to get to her. Yeah, I was going to say, I compare her to kind of the other model that we have that's similar, Shale. And when you look at Shale and Landslide, Landslide's doing most of the heavy lifting as far as combat goes. And these are arguably almost as mobile as uh, Landslide. They can move six a turn, which is really good because they can move three on in both phases. But I think about how many times Shale is really threatened. And Shale tends to actually not get taken out a handful of times. There, there's a lot of games where I'll bring Shale and they don't even bother with him because he's so far out of the action. So I think that she could be very similar where, yeah, there's times you could stretch to go get her, but is the point of getting her worth being out of position? And that's kind of where you have to evaluate it as a game player when, okay, yeah, you can go get her, but is now being that far out of, out of range worth it? So I think that's something that will help her stay a little more safe than the other champions that okay. like to get in and get dirty. Especially if you throw like a half tux down in front of her and like, okay, you got to go through him and then some froglodytes. And then, yeah, I mean, she's just going to sit back there and laugh at you while, while dragons eat you if you try to focus on her. Yeah, I will say, and one of Chris's favorite models that will probably kind of give her some fits is Lorsan probably can counter her pretty good as far as actually threatening to kill her. Because Lorisan can actually get her at range, and yeah, it's just it's something she'll have to be aware of. But dragons are going to be in range of her, though. Yeah, right. That's the thing. It's like that's the mini game you're playing. Is like mm-hmm. Lorisan threatens uh, her, but then the young dragons are threatening Lorisan. So then you have to have something to check the young dragons, but they're so mobile. It's almost like you have to park Lorisan like in the middle of the objective hexes where they can't get to her. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. a really important observation that. Lorsan could be a really good counter to her because of the way they're both built. So, I mean, in that case, I'm going to revise what I said and say, surely she is not the number one model um, amongst these slayers. And I wonder, I'm less enthused after you said that to player just because I'm not going to do anything to enable the mindset that Lorsan's good. <laughs> I'm not going to play her because I know Lorsan can whip her. So I'm not going to give you any ammunition. I'm not going to enable that thought process. <laughs> Lorsan oh, sucks, and I stand by that. But uh, you know, I, you, you've also been missing me because I haven't been somebody on here to tell Chris he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> well, that's because I've been so correct as of late. But yeah. and, and and I'm correct on this topic as well. But the. The other thing that's going to be kind of a catch-22 with her is if you decide to play her way back and put, like, a tanky model in front of her, how is she going to be laying down banners conveniently? Like, she's not, I like, more played where she can shoot them out three hexes away. Like, there, somebody will have to manage that distance very, very carefully. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to play her that style, you're going to have it where you drag out the hexes towards her, whether that's including like Naya, where you can start making your own hexes, or if you're playing like uh, Wraith, who can move the hexes. So just it, it's something you will have to monitor, monitor for sure. But she's she's a good slayer. And once again, 
And I think this is where God tier is kind of a really fun game. And this is kind of what I like about games like, uh, like heroes of the storm and other people play like league of legends and stuff. But I like it because you have the classes and I love it when they put out new models in that class, but they play differently. And that's why I like playing this game specifically, because each time they come out with a new champion, we get to sit here and argue about how they play and then say, well, it's not as good as this, but it's better this way. And she is going to have some playability and people are going to find some really cool things to do with her just because she does have the tools to be really, really successful. So any other thoughts on on the young dragons and and her before we kind of talk about a couple other things? Nope. She's a cool model. Yeah, cool model, cool cards. People are going to be really happy with her. Now, kind of just a couple other small topics before we kind of get out of here. We're going to keep this one relatively short. But, John, you ended up popping on the bandwagon. So just real quick, what are a couple of things that you really uh, have been enjoying with the game? Um, there's not as many belts to paint in this game as there was a guild ball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even though the first model I picked up was um, Titus, and I was like, oh, fuck, Steam forging these damn belts. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it's it's really I think it's the simplest miniatures game I've learned honestly yeah you know I picked it up I came and visited you picked it up played one-on-one didn't like it but knew how to play the game after 10 minutes maybe yeah I mean I still ask random questions every once in a while but it's a really simple game to, um, there's not a whole lot to it you know I've got Middle Earth and I've got miniatures for days and boxes and boxes of it and this is I've gotten the two starter boxes and I carry everything yeah pretty much and the models are big and easy to paint and they look good. So, Yeah, and I, I think it's a good filler game too. Like I, I've been playing a lot of Malifaux. So to me, it's fun to be like, you know what, you just want to play a game of God tier. It takes like, we'll play it for 45 minutes to an hour maybe, and then it's done. So all, same thing with the online games. I know I'm not going to be on there more than like an hour and a half. So I, I like it as kind of a filler game. And the tournament scene has been kind of fun with it online. Uh, lots of different play styles that I've seen people playing champions very, very differently. So that's really cool with the game too, with how new the game is. It's very interesting to see how people are using different tactics and models, uh, as far as that goes, because one thing I will say, and I'm going to play around with this a little bit more. I actually may have seen the light because of one of, uh, one of our listeners, I had a game with him and he, he argued that Morgan is actually a good model and that we've been wrong about it. Hmm. I like it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's let's hear. I, you know what? I feel like, you know, when you're watching the news and you know, you're just about to hear someone spout some <laughs> bullshit. That's where yeah. I feel like I am right now. So let's hear this argument from Morgan. All right. So, it's actually pretty slick because I played against it, and he actually won the game, and he had Morgan, Naya, and Lorsan, so two of Chris's favorite models. He played Double Slayer, and I actually lost the game. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. But, so something that, one, Lorsan, people have been playing wrong, and I, Chris, I've seen you play her wrong. Um, a lot of times people are putting like field instruction on Lorsan and trying to have Lorsan do all this damage all the time. But if you look at her followers, her followers actually put out a crap ton of damage. Uh, I think that there have been several times in the last games I've played with Lorsan where her followers are throwing somewhere around like six dice to hit and then seven damage dice. 
because they're hitting wounded models and they have the damage buff with field instruction. So, and they've just been murdering champions and they've been murdering important models. So that's one thing that I noticed that when, when the guy I played with this game, when he played it, that was something that it was just like, yep, that's pretty good. Lorison and her crew can do a crap ton of damage. So that's the first thing that I noticed. The other thing was, so Morgan gets to double up on boons. And not only that, she's putting out blights. And I think that this is what we're going to talk about after I share this story, that I don't think we've been focusing enough on the on the boons and blights as much because I, after a couple of games focusing more on that, I've started to see the importance of really managing those resources. So anyways, I was playing... I was playing Angus McDonald, <laughs> and that's the guy that thinks that Morgan's pretty good. And what he was doing is he was using Naya to copy the boons onto Morgan, and Morgan and her followers were just kind of putting out a crap ton of damage because when you look at Snowball's chance, it doesn't look like it's going to go off very often, but when she's getting plus two accuracy dice and plus two damage dice on that, there's a lot of models she can actually one-shot with that attack, especially anybody that's like, I don't know, three dodge and like three armor or below, or even just one up on one of those has a chance of dying to that attack. And then her other attack from range, I think there was one time where I shot it at shale and I was getting like nine dice to hit shale and like five or six damage dice. I can't remember exactly what it was, but, and that could have one shot at shale it didn't because I rolled like crap on the damage dice, but I definitely see where the attacks are coming in. And then John, you actually played, didn't I play once with you? Yeah. Morgan? Yeah. And her ultimate was just like locking everybody down where she gave both debuffs to everybody that was pretty much on the board. So I don't know, John, you, you saw a little bit of it and she missed a few attacks and, and, that didn't make it as good, but you want to see some, say some things maybe you noticed about her while um, I was just kind of scouting it out. It was really a pain in ass to deal with. Cause I was getting shot at by the fucking whatever Rangers the whole fucking time while I was trying to just avoid being snowballed. Yeah. I the, I mean, you see, the one thing about Morgan is I, you can, you kind of see the setup coming for it. Yeah. It's, like, oh, yeah, 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 it's, it's coming. This, that was the same thing that when I played against Morgan is that I had to stay back far enough but then that allowed kind of like Naya and Lorsan to just shoot and get the banners. And then I couldn't get my banner placement down. And it caused a lot of problems because you can see it coming. But that's because if it goes off, it's going to punch you in the face pretty hard. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that it's super good. Like, hey, this is better than Rangosh. Because I think most people can agree. Rangosh's stats are ridiculous. The fact that he's like dodge four, armor two, and just can move like crazy and do a crap ton of damage is ridiculous. I think, though, after kind of reevaluating it, I'm going to get more games, and I'm actually going to play a couple games online so people can check out some of the setup that's pretty cool with Morgan. I don't think she's unplayable anymore. I think that if you bring like Rattlebones or Naya to copy the blights and boons. Wait, wait, you're actually gonna make an argument that people should put down Rattlebone and Morgan on the table at the same time. That sounds, I do. That sounds kind of dirty. The, the 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 two like two models that are worst in class. Whoa. I I would say that hey man, there's some combos and sometimes the combos 
can trump the power of one model. Like like I said, nobody's going to argue that Rangage is not the best Slayer so far that we've seen. But I think that if you get really good at running your combos, that you can outclass somebody that's playing Rangage if you like your combos and you can run it effectively. Because after I saw Angus basically do this stuff, where he just came in and he did his combos and it was like, boom, boom, boom. And he was killing stuff. I'm like, I mean, I can see it. I'm like, I get it. That's your play style and it works. So I, I would say that, Hey, if you can run that combo, people are underestimating how important the blights and boons are. So the copying of Naya and then the amount of blights you can put out with, with rattle bones. I think that people are scoffing a little earlier than maybe we should have. I, I think that's something we weren't focusing on. Just to let you know, and, and for anybody listening that has listened to previous episodes, I am by no means saying that the blights and boons are insignificant. I've always thought those blights and boons matter. The difference is how much you have to commit in activation time to making those work. Like even with these examples that you're giving with the combos and those types of things, okay, you still need to take a model to offer a crutch to Morgan because Morgan can't do it by herself. Whereas no one's going to say that about a model like Blackjaw. No one's going to be like, oh, Blackjaw, man, you know, if you find the right combo, you can wait, make him work. No, 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 no. He just fucking works. Well, here's, here's the thing, though, Chris. Looking at Morgan, she actually makes Blackjaw her bitch. Okay. Let's hear this. So, well, no, because it's actually quite simple because the attacks she gets and when she has those blights and boons going... And you're, you're acting like it's that hard. Once I saw the turn one setup and then how you kind of keep the turn going and keep the uh, boons going on to Morgan, it's not that hard. I mean, because Naya gets three actions. Rattlebones and the followers can manipulate those around. So it's not that hard to get those boons onto Morgan. And it's definitely not hard to put blights on the enemy. So a snowball's chance actually kills um, Blackjaw pretty reliably. Yeah, I'm not going to do the math because we all know that's not this podcast. Sorry for you <laughs> math people, but if you want to do the math, look at Morn Bla- or not Morn Blade. Look at Morgan with the accuracy boon, and look at Morgan with the damage boon. And I can guarantee that the math is pretty high that Blackjaw is dead with that attack. Well, I mean, and and I like I like Rattlebone with it because I mean Pete's been hearing this from me. I like Rattlebone. I like the playstyle. Oh, yeah. The Rattleboner. I finally got to play Rattlebone yesterday and, and loved it. Yeah. And that was another thing that I'm actually waiting to get. And maybe when we play a game sometime, hopefully this week, John, maybe we can actually, I'll see if I can set you up with Tabletop Simulator and, and we'll actually have all the champions. Yeah. Why? But I, I also agree. I'm, I've been waiting to get an in-person game to try uh, Rattlebones out more because I think there's stuff there that I wasn't paying attention to that now I'm kind of like, okay, I can kind of see what's going on with her. Dude, that, uh, I mean, just being on, from my experience, I know this isn't quite the topic, but, but, you know, being able to put the hexes out to control, like just limit followers, like, okay, you guys got to go the fuck around that. And then all the fucking blights and boons and extra boons coming out. I mean, I had to get more tokens out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I, I, all right. I, I just double check this because I wanted to just make sure that I was correct before I said this. So for everyone listening that, uh, wants to try out these combos go ahead and have fun trying them out 
for everyone like me that wants to just be like stuck in their ways, um, just take shale and then like remove all that shit so that people can't do that to you. And, and then like problem solved. And I actually asked that because I was like, okay, so what if somebody brings shale? And while I was talking to him, he's like, well, actually shale just pretty much dies to Morgan anyways. And, and that's because that's of, true. yes, it is because the attack that I just told you, you can do it from three hexes away and you're throwing so many dice to hit. I think you're throwing like, I think base seven dice at, at shale and nine if you have the boon. And then you're throwing anywhere from five to six damage dice at shale. It's like you can just use that to just blast shale. So if shale wants not to if you take the boons away. But she's listen, shale's not gonna be able to do that because shale's so far back that he's gonna get outranged. And then if you move shale up to do that, you're committing shale now to the middle where you're going to get shot at by somebody like Lorisan or punched in the face by somebody like Rangosh. So you're saying like, oh yeah, I'll just do this. Well, then shale's fucking dead anyways. Because <laughs> yep. now you're getting no, shale because- out of position to deal with Morgan, who you don't think's a good model anyways. Well, you don't have to be like right. No, you don't have to be right on a model in order to be able to remove boons and things. Um, I understand. I understand the range. You still have to get him right. up, his nose up in there a little bit because Morgan's not going to be mixing it up in the middle. She's not going to be right on the front line. That's not what Morgan does. I think that you will have your enforcer landslide right next to you, and then Shale will be able to deal. Because, uh, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast many times. You feel like Shale doesn't have enough to do anyway. So giving him something to do. Yeah, and, and I agree. I, I think that it is a good counter pick. But I'm just telling you that those attacks and stuff then can get redirected to Shale. And if you do bring Landslide up, then the other attack can go into Landslide. So it, it it's just one of those things where I understand what you're saying. And yes, that's a good counter pick, but there's some play around to it. It's not as terrible as one would seem when you just look at it. But it is a good counter pick. I'm not saying that it's not, but it, there is some play around because then he does have to get in there and kind of get his hands a little dirty. So just something to keep in mind. And like I said, I'm not saying that this combo is like definitely like super good, but I am saying that it is playable. It is something where you can lose to somebody playing Morgan because she's not as trash as everybody likes to think. And that's the main thing I want people to get about this conversation is Morgan is not as trash as people think. She does have playability and I'm going to put out more content. And I'll tell you, if you want to play a game where you want to see Morgan firing off on all cylinders, play McDonald because he will show you kind of like how he rolls out there in Arizona because he has been wrecking people in this tournament with models like Morgan where people are not expecting the things that they think Morgan doesn't do, and then she ends up killing the shit out of people. And I'll tell you what, Morgan's models... Those stupid followers, those cold bones are also annoying because it's like a wall of pain in the ass to get around. (laughs) Unless then you have landslide then moving them around, but that's fine because then he's not moving anything else around. (laughs) Well, you can also move around Morgan. You kill kill him and then you get a freaking blight. That is so annoying. Yeah, that was funny. You're like, I'm going to kill one of these. All right, well, now you have the uh, dodge blight. You're like, son of a bitch. Oh, God. (laughs) So... It's just interesting. It's just something that I wanted to share because I did have a couple PM, couple people PM me and say, what are you talking about with this Morgan thing? Can you tell us how? And I'm going to put out a video probably the next time John and I play online and we'll, we'll show you kind of what Morgan does a little bit, even though John will be trying to counter it pretty hard because he knows kind of how many dice it throws. 
Because that's the thing, John. It does throw a lot of dice. Morgan does, right? It throws enough. <laughs> well, the ice bolt does. Yeah, the ice bolt, and then pretty much auto killing a person if they get out of position. And then you can also see how Lorsan's pretty good. I just, Chris, I know you got a new job, but I want to show you so much of this cool stuff that I'm I'm finding in this game, and we just need to get some games in because it's all fun. Okay, we'll figure out a time. <laughs> all right, so. Um, I think that's pretty much what we need to talk about with Morgan, but let's talk about kind of, have we been underestimating certain blights and boons? And this will be the last thing we talk about. So Chris, I know you and I have talked about them and we were talking about how we like dodge over armor, but what do you think about like just blights and boons in general? Like how important is it to kind of have that in the game? And is somebody disadvantaged if they don't put them out as opposed to somebody who puts out like a bunch of them like i mean how important are they in your opinion i think that they show the difference between uh novice and master right they're a an element of the game that if somebody isn't really able to grasp them or they're new to the game they can still have a fun time playing but if somebody has the ability to really manage them perfectly uh, they're going to show mastery of the game. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that when there's a big difference between hitting models that have their boons up and having models that have their boons off, and then there's a difference when you're putting blights out because the dice are very spiky, but having the boons and blights where you want them can help mitigate that a lot. Like, the difference between hitting Rodri and the dwarves with their armor boon and not their armor boon are two huge different things because armor four is very different than armor five. And well, arm, armor four is very, very difficult to crack and armor five is n- near to impossible. To <laughs> armor, to armor five, unless you can auto wound me, I ain't going anywhere probably. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's the same thing with damage dice. I mean, when you look at look how powerful Rangosh can be. Rangosh can get multiple stacks, right? Because he can have a boon, and then he can kill somebody to get an extra die. So the fact that he can get what eight or nine damage dice on his uh, jawbreaker attack, I think, is just phenomenal. Yeah. However, I will say that I did play Rangosh Chris the other day in the tournament, and his followers did more wounds than Rangosh did throughout the entire game. His followers are slick because they can just like one shot you know, models when they're like down to one, like, so oh, yeah. a key follower or something like that. And that that's one reason why I kind of weigh where Rangosh ranks with, uh, Kira coming in because they're, they don't have that net advantage. The red bandits don't have that net advantage with followers that have five wounds. So, yeah. So it's just going to be interesting because, we haven't seen this yet in the game. This is the first time where we see two followers of that large base size. So it's going to be interesting to see how good they are, but then how much of a liability they might be because of their size. Because essentially if a maelstrom gets into both of them, which hopefully you wouldn't do that if you're playing things the way you should, uh, a maelstrom can get six points off those two models. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Keep the dragons (laughs) spread out, (laughs) spread them bitches out. So yeah, you, you you have to spread those out. That, I mean, that's that's the thing that's tough about that's the thing that's tough about a lot of those maelstroms is 
how you manage bunching together models. And obviously the dragons don't even want to do that. So they, they kind of take away that element inherently. Yep. Yeah. So I would say that if you haven't been messing a lot with focusing on where these blights and boons are being placed, just kind of look at your cards a little closer and see, okay, where can this boon be better served? And I think a lot of people with Lorison, for example, were making that mistake where they're like, oh, I'm going to field instruction Lorison. It's like, well, no, you're going to get a lot more work done if you slide that over to her followers because seven damage dice on your followers is pretty good. Whereas Lorison... But then she has to bunch up the followers. Yeah, they're go- that's the thing about Lorison's followers. They're going to be in the same hex. There's no reason to not put them in the same hex. They're just a mobile we- weapons platform that there is always going to be three in that hex. And when a Maelstrom starts getting close, just back them up a little bit, shoot the Maelstrom. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, you want to make it as hard as possible to just... Keep, basically, you're almost kiting a Maelstrom with them. If a Maelstrom really wants to chase down that follower unit, you just kind of kite them away from the action and you're just plinging them for damage. And then if they finally get into them, great. Hopefully they're so far out of position that it doesn't matter at that point. But Lorison's also putting damage on them, so... I, I, I actually had that in one of my games recently where Lorison was basically and her followers were kiting a champion because they were so hell-bent on killing all three of them. And Lorison just put on a couple points of damage each turn, and then the followers just one-shotted that champion every time. And it was just... It was kind of child's play at that at that time, so... Yeah, you can... Yeah, there are... Well... Yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> I, I don't like playing that way, and <laughs> I obviously am going to do everything I can to counter that sort of playstyle. Well, so. well, and I think that's important, Chris, that some of these champions are not going to fit everybody's playstyle. There are some, like, sure. like I I am willing to admit that Rangosh is probably the best Slayer, but I can guarantee that I am not going to bring him in games that I actually want to have fun in. Because I'm like, I, w- I would much rather play Sneaky Pete, and I would much rather play... Um, I would even rather play Grimgut over Rangosh. That's that's how much I don't like the Rangosh model. Yeah, I played him one time and I found it boring. Yeah, it's just a crap ton of damage. It's just it, yep. he's just going to get all fired up like Captain Insano, go in there and just bash the crap out of something, and then it's like, okay, well, how how much fun is it to just run at somebody and punch them? I mean, you got to ask Chris about that. It, exactly, it, it, <laughs> like that. That's the <laughs> essence of why I play these games. It, it was as boring as playing Vet Boar. That's exactly what I compared it to. It's again not boring at all. <laughs> like, no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh man. So, anyways, any last minute comments or anything else you guys want to drop before we uh, wrap this thing up? Nope. I need to go make another margarita. I guess. <laughs> John's empty. Chris, you yep. got anything? Nope. All right, well, make sure that I have said my piece. Make sure that you guys subscribe to the uh, Rage Quit Wire YouTube channel, Facebook page. Make sure you give it a like. Uh, that way, you guys can keep up to date with any content that we put out on there. Uh, we're pretty much throwing a video up at, probably at least once a week. Uh, it's of various things like God tier gameplay videos where we're just on there hanging out, BSing, teaching John how to play the game. Uh, the one uh, video of my first game ever online. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're going to stream me. You're like going to stream me fucking up. I'm like, yep. My second game ever with three champions on the board. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it was it was fun though. You we had fun. It, it was good. Things I died. A, and I think I scored a point. You did. You did. Hey, the other game you actually won. Yeah, I won my first game. Yeah. 
So make sure that you guys are checking that out. Make sure you guys also hit up our Patreon page. We just changed the levels. So if you want to become a Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, you can definitely do that. Uh, and you'll get access to the early content that we put out. We put out episodes a day early to patrons. Uh, that way they can enjoy it before everybody else. Ooh, maybe I'll put a margarita recipe on there. <laughs> get John's margarita <laughs> recipe on the Patreon page. I'm going to ask you for it now. I'm going to put it up for the patrons. All right. <laughs> all right well thanks for uh listening hopefully you guys enjoy this model she's supposed to come out in august we didn't actually say that when we we're talking about her so be on the lookout for her i think early august is when she's coming out and then hopefully soon we'll also learn more about when these other maelstroms are coming out but until then make sure that you guys roll dice throw salt and we will see y'all next time peace peace